Now, I want to talk to you this morning about the fear of missing out. Has anybody heard the term FOMO? F-O-M-O. How many people have heard that? Anyone suffer from FOMO? Oh, a couple of people. Anyone not know what it actually means? Put your hand up. The fear of missing out, FOMO. Well, fear of missing out is a new term that is in relation to what happens if you don't get the iPhone when it's released in a couple of weeks. No, it's true. This, this is a diagnosed phrase and, and almost disorder where some people, if they don't have the latest gadget, you know, the latest Fitbit or mobile phone or TV or the latest fashion or the latest makeup, it's called the fear of missing out and it's nicknamed FOMO as a short, as a short little sort of acronym. People suffer from the fear of missing out. Now, I was thinking about this recently because I was reading from Acts chapter 1. So actually, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Because as I read this particular story we're about to read, I realised that we have a fear of missing out on a whole range of things. So not just, it's not just a 21st century uh, new issue or, or new problem. We feel like we're going to miss out maybe on jobs, promotions, opportunities, um, in families, you might feel like you're, you're treated differently to your other siblings, for example, and they get more than, than what you did. It happens in churches. People think that they should be appointed to do something or have a particular role. And so it's, I think it's part of the human condition that we fear on missing out on things that we think we're suitable for. So whether we've had the life experience for it, uh, whether we feel like we've done the hard yards and we've earned it, um, so think of, you know, as we read this story, I want you to think of your own current life and those opportunities that you thought should have come your way but didn't come your way and how do you respond in those moments when you don't get the very thing you think you should get. And in Acts chapter 1, there's an interesting little story. So let me set up some context here. The, Jesus has ascended back into heaven. Um, if you read the whole chapter, which is very short, the apostles and all his followers, there's about 120 of Jesus' followers at this time, they go back into Jerusalem. So they're on the Mount of Olives. They walk down, this, down the hill into the Valley of Kidon and back up the other hill into Jerusalem. So it's only, you know, it's like a probably 30, 40-minute walk, really. So they go back up into Jerusalem to the upper room where they'd already been uh, with Jesus for the Last Supper. And so they're in the upper room, 120 people. Peter has this realisation that because Judas has killed himself because of the guilt that he carried for betraying Jesus, they've only got 11 apostles. Now, in their understanding, in their, probably their revelation, of course, there's 12 tribes of Israel and there was like an apostle representing each tribe and effectively. And so Peter says, quotes from the Old Testament, says, we need to find a replacement. There's only 11 of us. And so the 120 people of Jesus' followers have this discussion about, well, who do we appoint? And so we're going to pick up the story and just read what happens at this moment. So we're going to pick it up from, this is Acts chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, verse 21, it's necessary to choose one of the men who had been with us the whole time. Um, the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us to the resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph, also called Barsabas, 
known as Justus. Justus was like his Latin name. And Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart, so show us which of these two you have chosen to take the apostolic ministry which Judas has left us to go where he belongs. I love that little phrase there, to go where he belongs. There's not much compassion for Judas there, is there? But then the last verse, they cast lots, which was tradition in their culture. If they weren't really sure how to make a decision, they would actually cast a lot. They'd write your name on a stone, for example, or a different marker stone, put it in a bag, and whichever stone came out first that represented you, you were it. And so they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, and so he was added to the twelve. Now, I was reading that over the last couple of months. We've been reading Acts as a team here at church, and um, that little story just jumped off the page at me. I thought to myself, can you imagine being Joseph? He didn't get the gig. Now, just put put yourself in his shoes for a minute. So you're in this this trusted group of 120 friends. Um, You know, you've been following the teachings of Jesus. You've been traveling with Jesus. You've been staying together. You've you've probably given up all that you really originally had. You know, like some of the, the, the disciples gave up their businesses to follow Jesus. These two guys are probably the same. They give up their livelihoods. For three long years, they've been following Jesus, learning his teachings, being sent out by Jesus. Most um, um, theologians say they're part of the 70 that was sent out. Um, There's other early church documents that talk about them being sent out in that 70 group. And so these are not just hangers-on. These guys, these two guys, both Joseph and Matthias, they're committed. And so can you just put yourself in that room? So there's 120 of us. We're all having a discussion on who should take over this vacant position and they nominate your name. But then they nominate someone else's name and you don't have to be a mathematician to work out you've got a 50-50 shot of not getting it and getting it. So you, I just can't imagine what's going through their hearts, their minds. You know. Now, what's interesting in this story is what comes out of it is some key ideas I think I want to talk about is when we feel like we deserve something and it doesn't fall our way, how do we respond? What's the condition of our heart? What's our attitude when we miss out, when we don't get it? And so I'm going to give you some sort of four little principles about it because I think how we respond in those moments um, can make, make a big difference. So here's the first thing I want to talk about. It'll come up on the screen here. Who you are is just as important as where you are. Now the reason both of them got nominated by the 120 is because they're both probably capable. They'd sacrificed They'd been committed. They'd proven themselves. They, they'd done everything that an apostle needs to do at that point in history. And so it's not like they're chosen at random. These were nominated by the people who had lived with them for the last three years and knew them best. And so it's not by accident that they get nominated. But the reason they both got nominated is because both of them could do the job. And I think one of the things this teaches us is who we are on the inside is more important than what role or title or position that we think we deserve. Now, it's not an easy pill to swallow sometimes because, you know, when you're put in the hard yards and you've, you've been sacrificial and devoted, you know, think about your workplace. Um, 
you've probably missed out on opportunities for different roles or positions, maybe some promotions. I've been through those experiences and it's not easy when you think you're the best candidate. You sort of self-appoint yourself as the best candidate, right? <laughs> but there's probably good reasons why you think you're the best candidate. Probably Joseph and Matthias both thought they could do it. But who you are really matters not where you are, not where you serve, not what title you have, not what position you have. Now, this is true whether it's at home, at work, at church. This principle is true for all of us in all positions. Who I am is more important than what sort of title or position I have. That's the most important thing that God looks at. And so both are capable but only one gets the job and it's Matthias. So clearly, both of them had done well. They got a nomination by everybody. They've got impeccable credentials. They're probably honourable, faithful, decent, but that's not the reason why one was chosen and one was excluded. Let me be clear about that. It's not because of their character, and I think I'll tell you why I believe one of them didn't get the job in a few minutes' time. It's interesting is... The 120 leave the decision to God. So when you you actually read that that story again, it says, so they prayed. So the 120, not just the apostles, the whole group prayed, probably including the two guys who are waiting to see which one's going to be appointed as the new 12th apostle. But this way they pray, they say, Lord, you know everybody's heart, so show us whom you've chosen. That takes some pretty... Or it's a mission of the heart, doesn't it, and of your spirit, to actually not enforce you, you know, your will or your view on the fact that you think you could do that job better than the guy standing next to you. But in actual fact, have a heart to say, well, Lord, you know, you know all of us, you know our character, and you know that you have a choice. So whatever we might think, they submit themselves to God's choosing. I mean, that's an incredible understanding. Just grab that for a moment. Think about, again, your own life and the choices that maybe you feel you deserved at some point or currently are facing. But in actual fact, I think most of the time God does the choosing because who we are is more important than a job title, a position, a role, a ministry, an opportunity. Ability and your character can get you nominated, but it's God that does the choosing. That's how I say it. God does the choosing. So, I mean, we know other verses about this. Um, it says in Proverbs 19, verse 6, that, you know, in our hearts, human plan their own ways, but it's the Lord that determines their steps. So we, we know this principle, but in this story, we actually see it literally played out. Um, we think we should be chosen, but we're not. We often think we're the right person for the job, but we don't get it. Um, and so it's interesting um, I read a quote actually just this week by Nicky Gumbel who, who does put Alpha together and he, he put up this little quote this week on Facebook where it says who you become while you're waiting is as important as what you're waiting for so if we've got to understand in God's kingdom it's about submission to his plan his purpose and where he wants to take you regardless of what we think we should get, deserved, worked for, earned, proven ourselves. And there, we, well, one of the things that's very common 
for all of us in this room, we've all missed out on things we think we should have gotten. And the, the, I want to unpack some of the reasons behind it because who we are is more important than where we are from God's point of view. Second point, where you are is not always an indication of who you are. You ever worked for somebody who has authority, so like your, your immediate boss, and they just can't do the job. And you think to yourself, how on earth did you ever get the job? You won't say that to them, you probably get the sack, but you could probably do a better job. You ever had, anyone ever had that experience? I've had that experience a number of times. You sort of think, my goodness, how on earth did you get this gig? Because, and this is what we forget when we miss out on an opportunity that we think was coming our way, we forget that it doesn't indicate who we really are. A position doesn't necessarily indicate that because people get appointed to different roles, again, in families, in churches, in homes, in workplaces, for all different reasons, sometimes the wrong reason. And so it's not a good indication, you know, so you think again of Joseph, it wasn't an indication that he didn't have the right heart or character. He actually was right up for the job. That's why all the 120 thought he could do it and they put his name up. But God did the choosing, so it wasn't an indication of his lack or that he couldn't do it, it was more about where God wanted to place him and where, wanted to, where God was going to place Matthias. And that's what we think. We, we think, oh, that person's got this job or they got this title or we missed out on that promotion. You can think it's an indication of, of some deficiency or lack. That's not always the case because God is unfolding his plan and putting you in certain places as he determines, not as I determine or the people around me determine. So God looks at the heart. I mean, again, in that prayer that they pray, when the two of them are waiting for a decision, let me repeat that prayer. Lord, you know everyone's heart, so show us who you've chosen. The heart is the most important thing that we carry. That, that determines actually who we are. That's the indication of who we really are, not a job, position, title, authority, or lack of it, or missing out. That doesn't necessarily indicate much about your character and heart. So skill level, previous experience, natural ability does not automatically put you into any position. It may open a door for the possibility, like it did for Joseph this day in Acts chapter 1. And also skill level, previous experience, natural ability does not automatically keep you in that position because it's about the heart. In God's, the way God works, he looks at our hearts. He knows every one's heart that's what the 120 prayed lord you know everyone's heart now why did they pray that prayer well in in the old testament which is all they had at the time there's many verses that talk about how god doesn't look on the outward appearance of a human being but he looks into their heart he looks at the character of the heart you think of the story of the the appointment of david to be the next king after saul in the old testament and all is stronger wiser older brothers who who in in human terms probably could have done the job as king but the youngest any young any younger siblings here you know it's like to be the youngest right get passed over a whole lot of stuff you you see david carrying stuff for them to his brothers for battle and he's looking after the sheep while his brothers are doing other things but it's god that looks at the heart god says to samuel the prophet that he's chosen him because of his heart And so heart is the key thing. 
Now, here's what we have to understand when we, when we, we fear missing out on an opportunity. We have to be honest about our insecurities. That's not easy. You know, our own self-image, our own self-worth, we, the emotions that come when we either think we're not going to get it or we do not get that position or that promotion or we don't get the recognition that we think we should deserve, if we don't deal with our insecurity, it can corrode your heart and it can turn into resentment criticism judgment now again if we had enough time to pass the microphone around you would all have your stories where you've been part of a group so either at work or in your own family it may be in a church where someone hasn't got the role they were looking for and they've carried the insecurity the feeling of being rejected and they've let it penetrate their heart and it shifts their character they start talking negatively about the team or the other people, about the, you know, how, it's, how it's not working or their opinion of how it should be done. Now, I know you never say things like that, right? You would never give your opinion on how things should be done to anybody who has a, 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 an authority role over us. But that's what happens. We have to be very careful we don't carry the insecurity to the point where it starts to corrode the very heart that God is looking for. And I think sometimes, you know, I think of this, my stories, I'm not going to unpack them um, today just for time, but the times where I've missed out and I felt I could have done it or I should have done it, I actually think in hindsight, looking back, God is testing my heart. He's testing my character. He's testing my response to missing out. Because, you know, it's one thing for, you know, we've been singing it this morning, you know, we give it all to you, Lord. Well, then the Lord says, okay, well, you're not doing that job. And so we react, but it's out of our insecurity. If, if we really only want the will of God, you are going to miss out at times because his will ain't your will. Now you probably worked that out by now, but it's the, it's the emotional stuff that comes with it that, that's, that's very hard for us to, to manage. And we have to, in fact, there's a, one of the Proverbs, it says in the Old Testament, Above all things, guard your heart, for out of it springs the issues of life. Think about that truth. Uh, above all things. So think about all the little things you think is important in life. So where you live, how much you earn, um, who you're related to, you know, your job, your income. The Bible says, above everything else, guard your heart, because out of it flows the issues of life. If you, now, let me turn a phrase here. If you think you've got issues in life, it might be your corrupted heart. It might be your insecurities. It might be that you haven't let go, that you didn't get that position. And again, I, I, we don't know the mind of Joseph in this story. We don't get much more detail except that, you know, Matthias is appointed. But in my understanding, the reason why they both were nominated by the 120 is because they both had the right heart. And they probably still both continue to have the right heart. We're not told directly, but we have to guard our heart. Your insecurities and your sensitivities, you, you can disqualify yourself from the very next opportunity that God has for you around the corner. You can't see it yet. But if you let that insecurity build up to criticism, cynicism, negativity, you will disqualify yourself. 
Again, we've probably always, already, all seen it where some people have got so upset and so disappointed that they actually check out. So they resign from work. Um, they don't talk to that family member. You know, we went to a, a birthday last week and the ladies whose birthday it was, her, her three sisters don't talk to her because of an issue. And so we do this sort of stuff, but you know what? How many times have you seen God all of a sudden open up a way for a group of people or a church or a family or even a work, a business opportunity and because some people have spat the dummy and checked out, they're not there to enjoy all the hard work they put in before. But because they let the insecurity erode their heart, they leave in a huff and they miss out on what God was just about to do. Now, there's a lot of stories. We could all tell a lot of stories where we've seen that firsthand. And sometimes that's us. Because we don't understand this principle of where you are is not an indicator of who you are. Sometimes it is, but it's not always. So let me, I'm trying to encourage you, when you face the dilemma of missing out on something that you think should be yours, you've got to keep and guard your heart. Keep your heart and character in a good place. If you act out, then you might lose another opportunity that's actually coming your way, but you just don't see it yet. Let me go to the, the third one. So the first two are who you are is just important as where you are. So your position is not the issue. It's who you are as a person is really the issue. The second one, where you are, is not necessarily an indicator of who you are. So, you know, you might be at a lower level, capable of a higher level, but the opportunity just hasn't opened your way yet. And here's the third thing. Being chosen doesn't equate with being better. In fact, I, 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 again, if we had story, a time, I'd tell you my personal story. There's things that Sue and I have missed out on that we thought we would get, and it was devastating at the time. Like totally, you know, we really thought that God was opening up that door and it just shut, and we were absolutely floored, you know, went through the whole emotional stuff. What I'm talking about today is what I've been through personally. But, you know, after a year or two years and you see what happens with that group and where it goes, you end up thinking to yourself, thank God I didn't get that job. Is that not true? And what we don't realise is when someone is chosen, so when Matthias gets chosen and Joseph misses out, Matthias has more responsibility than Joseph. And sometimes being, cho being chosen, we, we don't realise that it's God's way of looking after us by actually saying, no, you're not doing that role. But again, we, we, we like to self-appoint and think what we deserve and we put in the hard yards and it's not fair. And, you know, if I was God, I would do things differently. We, we, we think all this sort of stuff in our heads. But in actual fact, it doesn't equate with being better. Matthias wasn't better than Joseph. You're not better than me. I'm not better than you. It doesn't, it's not about the role. It's about the heart and character that we all have in God's kingdom. So listen to this. Being chosen for that role gave him more sacrifice than Joseph. He had a responsibility that Joseph didn't have to carry. See, when God chooses you, you get the whole thing. You not just get the title, but you carry the weight of that role. So just be very careful what you ask for. 
God sees things from a different perspective. In my mind, it's about his plan and purpose. It's not, it's not you know, even what happens at Uni Hill, it's not the Greg Murray story, it's Jesus' story. And so the irony is, I don't know if you know this, both these men, Matthias and Joseph, are never mentioned again in Scripture. So even guy, the guy that gets the job he never gets another mention. I find that hilarious. That's like God's way of saying, see, it doesn't really matter what title or what position you think you deserve. It's not your story. It's not your plan. It's mine. And so God positions us for his purpose when he wants to, if we're in submission to him, you can fight him on it and you can pick up a role that's not yours to carry and you'll suffer as a result. And so to me, it's not about being better or more important or greater than because we're all supposed to have the same heart and the same character regardless of what role, responsibility or title we carry in life, in any, any position of life, whether it's at church, at home, at work, in your street, in your community. As, as God's representatives, we're supposed to carry the same spirit, if you like, regardless of what people call us or think of us or what authority we think we do or don't have. So Matthias gets chosen and Joseph doesn't get chosen and here's what I think happened. Both of them were nominated because they'd proven themselves as disciples of Jesus when Jesus was on the earth. And I think both of them just carried on following the commands of Jesus regardless of what job description they had. In fact, Early church documents, even though they're not mentioned again in the Bible, early church fathers' writings about them, so those who are like one generation, two generations away from them, they wrote about them. And what's surprisingly is both end up actually as what we would call today missionaries. So they both travelled outside their own culture and country to spread the gospel. And both of them, there are stories of them being miraculously protected. So one of them... um, um, Joseph, the story is he, he was forced, because he was a Christian preaching the gospel, a bunch of people tried to kill him and they forced, forced him to drink poison and he didn't die. But what I find interesting, other church, early church documents outside the Bible say both of them died as martyrs. See, to me, they both kept the same spirit and the same heart. And that's what God wants. It's not position or title. So what what Joseph did was whatever the Lord wanted him to do. And what Matthias did was whatever the Lord wanted him to do. And what you and I should do when we face the fear of missing out is whatever the Lord wants us to do. That's what we should do because it's the heart. No credit is given to either of them ever again in the Bible. They're not even named. So the first one was who you are is just as important as where you are. The second one, where you are is not necessarily an indication of really who you are. And being chosen doesn't equate to being better. And here's my last one. Not being chosen can be God's way of protecting you and redirecting you. So not being chosen is simply being chosen to serve in a different capacity, a different way, maybe with some different people. Now, we, we, we pray, sing, talk study the bible on verses about god's protection 
but we always think of God's protection as something, you know, that's nasty, that's on us, or, you know, we get sick, or, you know, there's natural disasters. We, we, we think of God's protection in those terms. We never think of God's protection as in God saying, no, you're not doing that. When you, all, all your heart wants to do it, and God says, no, you're not doing it. I've got someone else to do that job. I'm giving you another gig. And because we can't see the future, we don't see the next, next step, we don't, we're in our confusion, we can miss the next opportunity that God has if we don't guard our heart. And so to me, again, some of the stories, you know, I wish I could tell you, where, you know, Sue and I have missed out and we've been devastated. Looking back, I think actually God was just redirecting us. And, you know, it's, it may be not clear, but that's because I think you have to continue to trust God. You're, it's a relationship of faith you have with God. And he only often shows you one step at a time. And so if we keep our hearts right and we're going to serve Jesus no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, if, you know, whether, even think about your life. So even if you're in a, in a workplace where there's people who don't understand why you'd be a Christian, if you just serve Jesus there, God has something for you there. But if you quit or argue or, you know, it happens in families, the same stuff happens in church life. And so this is more about God's protection on us because he's redirecting us to do something else. And again, if I pass around the microphone, I think a lot of you who have been in church life a long time would have your own story where you think you should have taken a position, even a volunteer role in church, and it didn't work out and it was devastating for you at the time. It, this is a common experience for us. But because we're not chosen for that role, doesn't mean we're not chosen. We're being redirected. We're being protected. Because you've got to carry the weight if you want the role. So it's actually freeing. That's one thing I get from this story. It's actually liberating. If God says no, you better trust that he knows what he's doing. He's protecting you. He loves you so much, he's not going to throw something on you that you can't handle. Now, he's got to test your heart through the process, but it's liberating. Not being chosen by God is God's way of keeping you from walking down the wrong track and pushing you towards the path that he's got for you. It's not that you're insignificant. It's not that you're not included in what God is doing. It's just that his plan for you is different than what you intended. And you have a different role coming and therefore a different responsibility. So if Matthias was chosen to serve as an apostle, it also meant that Joseph had been chosen to serve in different capacity. And I've told you sort of the story. They both kept right, they both kept serving God wherever they were. And so the experience that we understand from this story is about what do we do when we feel like we're going to miss out? The fate of both men was in the hands of God. And your fate, my fate, is in the hands of God. And so my heart matters. My character matters more than anything else. That's the key thing. And so, I mean, I'd, I want you to think about what you're facing right now. And if this applies to you today, you have to ask God, just pray that prayer. Lord, you know my heart, so you do the choosing. That's, that's a pretty dangerous prayer to pray, right? Because we're giving up control. We're, we don't use this word much anymore in Christianity, but we're in subjection to God's plan.
and God's will. Subjection. And we use the word submission because it sounds a bit more fluffy. But we're in subjection. We are subjects of our king. And so if he says, go this way, that's the way we go. Well, that's the way we should go. So let me read those to you again as we bring this to a close. Who you are is just as important as where you are. Where you end up doesn't always indicate your ability, skill or giftedness. God could be just testing your heart or it could be waiting for the next thing. If you get chosen, it doesn't mean you're better than anybody else because it's always about our heart before God and our character before God. And if you don't get chosen, God's actually protecting you and He's probably redirecting you. That's what He's doing. Nobody likes to wait. Anybody like to wait in queues, at an office, waiting for a next opportunity? We don't like to wait. But who we are, that's what God sees. While we're waiting, when we're serving, when we're complaining, when we think we should have got the job or got the, the position, who we are is the most important thing. So why don't you stand with me? I want to bring this to a close. The great thing in God's kingdom is none of us actually miss out. You know, in a worldly sense or in our in our very limited way of viewing where life goes and the choices that maybe are taken from us, we can feel like we're missing out. But God has a plan and purpose for every single one of us. And so if we are truly in submission to Him, we will keep the heart that honours, serves and worships the God even when He says, no, you're not going that way. Just close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray over all of us. Father, it's not always easy for us to submit to your plans and your purpose. And we, 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 rightly or wrongly, sometimes we have very strong opinions about what we should be doing and where you should use us. But Lord, this story, this, this historical account of Joseph and Matthias, we, we learn from it that we have to keep our heart right before you no matter what. And Lord, if we, if we feel we've missed out, I pray, Lord, that you would help us resolve any insecurity, feeling of rejection, that we would have the hearts that would allow you to reposition us according to your purpose and plan, and that we would not be found disqualified because of criticism, because of resentment, but Lord, we would keep a spirit that's open to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.